Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Louis D'Souza. Today is Monday, July the 1st, 2019. It is 8 a.m. in New York and 5 a.m. in Los Angeles. What time is it? It's 1 p.m. in London and it's roughly 10 p.m. in Sydney, Australia. And I believe that makes it 9 p.m. in Tokyo. We've been asked at Tokyo to the list. Uh, Louis, so that's oh, right. yeah. by the time we're done here, we're going to be doing every city around the world and then it's, we won't have any time left for the show, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And, uh, we are off to a brilliant start here to, uh, to the week, both here in New England and in Old England, because in both places we have Gorgeous weather. In fact, Louis is coming to us from his garden. It is a gorgeous garden. I mean, you've got some lush greenery going on there, Louis. This is England. Everything's green. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, so you're going to lord over us the fact that you have more <laughs> rain than we do. I got it. Okay. <laughs> we don't know what sprinklers are. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkler, that, that's where you look up and the cloud is opening up, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Which hopefully we're not watered out before we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, uh, no, it's, it's, I mean, any weather is good, but it's lovely to have weather like this because it just feels so good and helps you get into that good aligned place and so forth. It's like, how can anybody be out of alignment on a day like this? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect, but it does raise a question. And in fact, um, it, it's kind of the basis for what I had in mind for a topic today, because I was seeing a lot of um, posts online over the weekend. I shouldn't say a lot. I spent, I, I think, a grand total of 30 seconds online looking at Facebook. But during those 30 seconds, I saw like three or four different posts from people all making the same complaint. This stuff doesn't work. I've been trying and trying. I've been doing all my work. I've been meditating. I have been focusing. I've been doing all my things, and I'm not getting any of the stuff that I want. So I figured, okay, this is a good time to go back to basics. So let's go back to basics. Let's talk about what Abraham talks about and why this stuff doesn't seem to work. So I'm going to let you dive in first. Why doesn't this stuff work, Louie? <laughs> well, it doesn't work because you don't believe it works, and that's the end of the story. Uh, next. <laughs> So there you have it, folks. It works because you believe it doesn't work, and then we'll see you all next time. You're right. <laughs> sounds like a Monty Python skit. <laughs> and, and yet, I, I can also be sympathetic because um, when you're first starting out, it it does feel like it doesn't work. So you have to you have to learn a new way of thinking about life and about thinking about your own life and appreciating and doing stuff that you're not used to doing because we are brought up in cultures where we are taught to focus on what we don't want and then we don't realize that we are focusing on what we don't want. So, so let's, let's, let's break that down for the listener, Walt. Okay. Uh, what, what, what are the things that we used to believe that we now believe that was changed? Well, good grief. Well, for those of us who've been practicing for a while, it's, it's a rather long list. I don't think we have an entire hour to, to spend on it. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think these are the points that will help people. What's that? I think these are the points that will help people. Okay. So, well, why don't you kick it off? Where, where, where would you start your list? Well, you create your own reality is such a far cry from what I used to believe. Um, and I, I remember feeling scared and, and frustrated that this government policy was that and these people were believing that and I didn't believe it. And, you know, I used to have a whole lot of things that I thought were imposed on me from outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, the list goes on and on and on from down to simple things like this food is good for you and this food is bad for you. Right. Yeah. Okay, because this study says this. And then I started to realize over the years that one day margarine was good for you, the next day butter was good for you, and the next day butter was good for you. And I, I started to realize I had to make my own decision because these guys couldn't get their stories straight. That's right. <laughs> this is true, very true. <laughs> and, then, and then you'll probably notice that the word margarine has been obliterated, and I don't know if you know why that is. Um. It's been obliterated from my usage, so I think that's why it's gone. But I mean, I, I didn't realize it had been eliminated from the English language. <laughs> Not what I meant. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Um, so there, there was an email that went around. I think it was in the 80s. And it was about the difference between butter and margarine. Mm-hmm. And saying that margarine was originally um, discovered to fatten turkeys or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it is one molecule away from being plastic. I've heard that claim before. That's interesting. And that if you take your margarine and go put it in the lawn and you put your butter next to it on the lawn, the next day you'll see nobody touches your margarine, but uh, everything. The butter's good. gone. <laughs> <laughs> and that was such a powerful email. By the time they were finished with everybody, that completely destroyed the word margarine that one email it went viral in uh, you know in the old days when viral wasn't even a word <laughs> this viral meant that you were sick <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh i don't i don't know anybody uh, around me that didn't get it you know and, and everybody was coming up with this look at you have you seen this have you seen this and so yeah i've seen it <laughs> and uh literally I've, after that, it just took a few years, and then they completely removed the word margarine from all products. I've, I still don't. On, to this day, nothing in England has got it. Is that right? I didn't know that. That's interesting. Butter or uh, butterly, or you know, they use they, they use the word butter more than they use the word margarine or fake butter. Um, but you know, there, there's so many, many things that I did not understand that. You know, because I believe this was bad for me, it was affecting me negatively. And I didn't know it was my belief that was doing it. I thought it was statistics and scientists. And, you know, I wanted to put all the the power in somebody else's hands. And I I can understand why thousands and thousands and millions of people are still thinking like that. And I can understand why somebody who's coming to the law of attraction is saying, hey, this doesn't work. Well, I was just noticing the fact that we were both commenting earlier about how beautiful the weather is. And I can imagine a few years back being in a conversation with somebody of how this proves that global warming is ruining the planet. Because, I mean, everything's just getting warmer and warmer and warmer. Two different perspectives on the same thing. I mean, from your perspective and mine, it's a gorgeous day. From their perspective, it's, oh, my God, the world is ending. (laughs) (laughs) And you know how in fear those people are, Walt? Mm -hmm. terrorizes them and tortures them. Oh, you know, yeah. They want to try do something about it, but they don't know what. And there's a Including lot. Including many people who are practicers of law of attraction. Well, practices but not full understanders of the law of attraction. Yes, I agree. I, I would, well, I would even go so far as to say some of them are pretty good at it, really good at it. And well, I, I can think one off the top of my head who's actually a coach of it, and he totally understands that this whole idea of global warming is something that we humans have created, and yet he finds himself it, – it, it's hard. There are some, certain issues we all have that it's just hard for us to pull away from that. We know we have been taught by Abraham, by you know The Secret, by uh, Neville Goddard, by any of the other teachers. We know how this stuff works, and we still hang on to this other stuff. Absolutely. Well, you've, you've hit the nail on the head, and I'm sure I can pick up some su- subjects uh, that you have talked about that you struggle a little bit with, and I'm sure you could probably find oh, like fine. like weekly, every <laughs> single week. <laughs> um, but you do get to a place of of realizing that this is the way it works because it proves itself with its consistency. Mm-hmm never, ever, ever fails to reproduce what you're thinking. Which helps, by the way, I think. It, it, it helps does. me because I, it starts to, I start to feel relaxed to it, like, okay, I can trust this. This is okay. It's going to work every time. It always plays out that same way. That, that's reassuring. But not only that, it gives you confidence that you can now control your, your, your reality to a degree. Yeah. Okay. By thinking more things about what you want rather than what you don't want. Right. And it literally completely and absolutely and utterly transforms your life um, on levels and depths and breadths and confidence and understanding and clarity that you have never dreamt of before. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go into any conversation now and I can immediately see where somebody's focusing on what they don't want, somebody's focusing on what they want. And if you take that don't want person and get them to focus a little more on what they want, you take a the, the other person and get them to clearly understand how nice it is to focus on what they want and how good it is, you can help both sides very, very easily. 
Um, of course, what happens, well, I think with most people who are novices or, or relatively still developing is that, yes, you, you can make those kinds of shifts. And I think we would both agree, yes, that is a big shift. But that's not the big shift necessarily from the point of view of somebody who's relatively new. Their big shift is, well, where's my yacht? You know, where, where's this huge thing I've been asking for that hasn't shown up yet? I mean, there's clear proof here that this stuff doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, dear. you know, when, when Abram says to people, if you want to start testing the law of attraction, please start with something small because your belief is not so strong against it. We can, you can, you can manifest a button as easy as a castle, but my gosh, you, you know, you don't believe the castle thing as much as you believe the button. Isn't that funny? That is it. That is it. It's, you know, start small. And anybody who started small that I've worked with, not one of them have not manifested. Not True. one. Yeah. yeah, and then you build your way up until the belief gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing know, that I found that, that really works for me, and that I, I often use it in my responses to people on social media when they're posting this kind of thing, is I like to remind myself that when I look around me and I see everything that's in the room, and I look out the window and I see what's outside, I manifested all of it, which alone is a big concept. I manifested all of this stuff. And I'm sorry, Walt, you're not that powerful. <laughs> I love it. That's great. <laughs> but it, it is. It's mind-blowing. It, it, that's exactly the right thought. Like, I, there's no way I could have manifested all this, and yet I did. Well, you know, when I said to my sister um, once upon a time, um, I, I, uh, I, I talked to her about the law of attraction. She said, uh, you know, when you, fo- when you, when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something you don't want. And, uh, she just said to me, ah, oh, the universe is not that stupid and walked away. So, <laughs> um, you know, I understand that sentiment. I completely understand that sentiment. You know, it's how I would have thought in the beginning. And, you know, um, it's, it's just a tricky, it's a tricky one for, for people to start grasping that Walt has just said he's created everything that is in front of him now. The link between me, the, the computer monitor, the microphone, you've created everything there. And I still have trouble getting my head around it. I mean, I believe and it. And it's challenging. It's it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, really tough. But once, to, when I can get it to some degree, when I can at least start to believe that it's true, then I can pick up a pen and realize I manifested not only this pen, but I manifested having it right there. And that yeah. it's okay to equate that with, well, yeah, but I just, I just picked up the pen earlier and I put it down there. Of course it was there. And those are both the same way of saying the same, there are two different ways rather of saying the same thing. I manifested it. Mm-hmm. Manifesting is not necessarily a magic trick. It literally everything that happens is a manifestation. And when I can get my head around that to some degree, I begin to realize, oh, of course, how else could it be? It can't be anything else but a manifestation. It has to, come, it has to start originally from thought. I mean, this pen had to be invented originally by somebody. Yeah, it's actually somebody sat down and thought, you know, I would like to write and we know we've got pens and I want one to look like this. So I'm going to start designing it like that. I'm going to use some of the old knowledge of the ink and the plastic tube uh, for the ink to go down. And, you know, and then I'm going to draw it on paper. And once I drew it on paper, it went off to the engineers and then it went off to the wholesalers and the retailers. And then we bought it. And, um, of course, the stubborn people are going to say, well, how did you draw out a paper? You hadn't invented the pen yet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we introduced them to pencils. <laughs> um, it, it, I, I, I guess my point there is that it's so easy to come up with objections. We're very good at it. We're very good at coming up with, oh, here's the exception. Here's the way, here's the proof. That, that, that disproves the main point. Here, I, I can find all kinds of different ways to say, no, here, here's how I know it doesn't work. And I can well, do all that without realizing that I'm the one who is making it 
true in my life that it doesn't work. Well, in a way, I've just proved that it wasn't you that that, that manifested that pain, hasn't it? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now that that is that is what somebody would come up to you and say is like, oh, you've just proved to me that it's not you. It was this other guy who thought about it first and then made it and all mm-hmm. the rest. And then then you have a little tricky uh, conversation about agreements of other people's realities into yours, <clears throat> and that we have agreed into a lot of different realities, starting <laughs> with our parents, you know. And Which is a big deal right there because a lot of people don't agree with their parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I, can, I consider how many people have ongoing disagreements with their parents and they're saying, well, how can you say I agree with my parents? I'm, I disagree with them most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and where do you get the idea of disagreeing from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, it becomes uh, so fascinating because you know I have many, many ch- conversations in saunas and all over the world and all over the place. So you're the sauna champion, no doubt. <laughs> and the interesting thing is that once you understand this truly, when you really get it, you don't get frustrated or angry with anybody's point of view. You really enjoy it. You actually appreciate it. I actually, I actually really enjoy it when somebody disagrees with me. Because I find that when they come to a disagreement, then they started to think for themselves and got an opinion of their own. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying yes or no to you, okay? Right. Um, but now they say, no, I disagree for this and this reason. Then it starts a logical process of a conversation which you can now direct in a way or, or whatever, which or whatever they want to do. But you can start really having a decent conversation and, and one that is based on some form of logic and clarity. Um, depending on the individual. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, you know, one of my my uh, greatest points of reference, uh, one of the things that I noticed that made a difference for me in having conversations just like the kind you, you just mentioned is the realization that we actually don't use nearly as much logic and reason as we think that all of us are emotionally based before we're logically and reasonably based. And, and when I understood that, then I, then I finally understood why it was I had so many conversations that missed because I was trying to connect on a rational level and they were understanding on an emotional level. Yes. 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 Um, mm. I mean, and we kind of have to, I mean, that's the way language works. Language does have emotional content, but the way we describe things, the way we put our sentences together, we are provi- we're presenting a logical progression because we believe that's the way to help somebody else understand. You know, that, that's where that very, very, very common, or at least fairly common saying pops up into our lives. Well, you know, common sense is pretty uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> it's true and, it's true. And, and the fascinating thing about Abraham Hicks's teachings from beginning to end bar nothing okay is the common sense behind it all mm. it has never once wavered from the clarity of, of, of satisfying my common sense mm-hmm. and that is extremely appealing to me if something really uh, appeals to my common sense. I really look at it quite closely now, you know, um, and I take it, I take it a, a, a few steps deeper. You know, my, my mentor once said to me many, many, many years in South Africa, I was about 23 years old when she said this to me and it stuck with me like glue. She said to me, Louis, you know that no robbers ever caught without their own permission. <laughs> and I was like, what? How does this work? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I never got an answer out of all that, but I, I kind of knew there was a truth there, but only since Abraham Hicks's teaching that I'd really like, oh, that's how it all fits together. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And that, they put it so simply and I just blows my mind that other people haven't, haven't put it that simply before. Just. Well, I think a lot of it is, is communication and how we communicate. I mean, you, you described it just a moment ago as common sense. The same concept I would describe as uh, internally resonating. It's really the same thing. 
but we oh, yeah. were describing from completely agree with you. perspectives, you know. And and because of that, I mean, that's just one example. There are a lot of ways that language, particularly the English language, which is more idioms than in most other languages combined, uh, there's so many different ways to use the same words and get different kinds of meanings that communication ordinary circumstances start talking about something as esoteric as the law of attraction and you get lost because of the different meanings i was noticing that a lot lately with people who are neville goddard followers that they use the english language in a very particular way that mirrors the way neville did it because neville was basically using a lot of um biblical language i will follow their teacher that is as it is yeah yeah And, and if you don't know that language you're lost Mm. It's, it's English. It's just. But I, I don't find that ever a challenge for me, Walt, because all I do is I break down their language for them into Abrahamic's language. They'll use the word belief, and I'll say, yeah, I thought you think often. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, let's agree on that. And I don't think I've ever met anybody who disagrees that the def, a good definition for the word belief is the thought you think often. I had one person trip me up. They said to me, you know, I, I believe you're a nice guy, but I don't think about that often. And I was shocked by that, so I had to go home, think about it for a second, then I came back and I said, "Well, you know, that's not really a belief, is it? It's just a thought." And the difference being, you, the difference being, a, a thought is something you think maybe once, maybe twice, and a belief is something you've thought many times. Ah, okay. And once I understood that, um, and I was really grateful for the question and grateful for the trip up, um, because it got me to go back and, and sit about seeing that there's a scale from one thought to many thoughts. And the many thoughts is more the belief. And if you think about religion, they, they pump you with believing many thoughts. I'm just trying to stop the wind hitting the microphone so I don't want to talk. Yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of in a wind tunnel there. It makes it a little tricky. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to cover it up. Um, <clears throat> I could actually change my position, but it might be a bit difficult. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's really, really interesting because uh, it, a thought, thought once, twice, or anything under 14 seconds doesn't really have much have, have much traction from the law of attraction point of view. It's an it's a interesting and a fine point. I wonder... What your take is on this? My take is that a lot of that has to do with our own confidence in ourselves. Because as you pointed out, Abraham used to say it was 17 seconds and now it's 14 seconds. And yeah. I, so suggesting that the vibrational level overall, the average or median vibrational level of the planet is increased. Or and the that, confidence level of the individuals has increased. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So when you, when you lack the confidence, that's when it's going to take longer. So among other things, it means that it doesn't, you aren't, you, you aren't restricted to 14 seconds. I mean, if, if you get your vibration level up enough, if you start to feel really, really in alignment with who you are, you can manifest in a second just by thinking about thought for a second. But that takes a lot of focus and concentration on feeling and, and agreeing with and being in a good place where um, your physical being is in relation to your internal non-physical being. That's, you know, it, it, it's a, a very that, high vibrational place. That, that is what I would consider the old thinking, the old thinking that it's difficult or hard. Now, did I say I, difficult? I, yeah, you said it's difficult to hold that, that concentration for a period of time, I think, um, which is understandable. I mean, that's, that's the way we, we brought up, it's the way we tend to think. Um, but what, what, I watched a YouTube video the other day, it was a Buddhist monk, and he was talking about meditation, and I really liked it because he was saying that what you do is you focus on your breath. Okay, so just take a few breaths now and just focus on it. And he said, even if it's one or two, what is happening is you're now distracting the monkey mind. Okay, they right. the word monkey mind. Mm-hmm. And Abram would agree. Abram also uses breathing. Um, and what it does is it does stop the monkey mind and when you stop the monkey mind you can start hearing your vortex mind okay so you can start hearing about how to manifest what you want 
and you might hear it verbally, you might get clues, you might, people might come up to you and say things, you, know, you might find people giving you, you might find competitions, you might find something just falls into your lap. But you need to still that monkey mind, which of course the law of attraction is responding to all the time. Now, if that monkey mind's jumping all over the place, the law of attraction is going to give you random results all over the place. Okay. Um, so we, 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 he's, the, the monk was trying to get to this point that, <clears throat> and I think it's watched millions of times this short YouTube video. Uh, he, he was just saying that you can stop and meditate anywhere, anytime, just by spending one breath, focusing on one breath. That's it. And when you start doing that, because I'm starting doing it more and more often, it's just a slightly different way to the way I was looking at it before. Um, it just makes it easier to see that you can meditate anywhere, anytime. And uh, I started to realize that it's actually particularly easy. Okay, just one or two breaths, and you, you're aligning yourself. You're, you're stopping that monkey mind, so therefore you're, you're getting yourself into a quiet enough position to start picking up um, ideas, concepts, um, vibrations from your vortex, which is dying to give you everything you want. You of course, the, the real trick there is to actually stay in that spot. I mean, like you said, you can, you can kind of move in that direction in just a few seconds, but staying there is actually where the real skill is because we're so easily distracted by all the stuff we don't want. So, so what's going to be your biggest, your, your biggest help in staying there? Bar none. The biggest one? I'm not sure what the biggest one is. Tell me what the biggest one is. The biggest one is going to be the law of attraction. Oh, okay. So if you just spend a few seconds there, the law of attraction is going to want to give you a little more time. Mm -hmm. The about 14 seconds is going to give you 2,000 man hours of work to help mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the law of attraction is going to be your biggest, your biggest help. And when you get it, you become very relaxed, very confident, very centered, very sure of yourself because now you know that if I can just spend a little more time on focusing on what I want, guess what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. All right. The law of attraction is going to help me. Okay. God is going to help me. <laughs> <laughs> so understanding how God works, how our higher selves work is can be extremely beneficial to, to helping you play the game of life. You know, it can change everything in your life. Absolutely everything. And it'll, it'll happen at a pace that you can spend with clarity on focusing what you want on step one, right? And the more you can spend on step one, the more step three becomes stronger and clearer and you go from generally unfocused to, I mean, you go to um, focusedly unfocused to generally unfocused in your thoughts and your ideas and you go from generally unfocused to generally focused and then from uh, that to focus be focused, which is really what we're looking for. And we know that at each step that we spend any time, maybe just focusing on one breath, we are getting closer. And we know that the universal law of attraction is going to make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because we're focusing on it because that's the law. Um, and that's true. It's, now, it's, and what, you, what you're describing there is the ease that's involved in making the transition. Absolutely. And the only reason we find it difficult is the belief that it's supposed to be supposed to work hard, be hard, be hard, uh, focus, determine, you know, push, uh, fight to get your, your goals, etc. We, we're so programmed with all that. It's just almost unstoppable vibration. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there are those who completely live outside that understanding and completely live in how easy it is, right? And Abram has said those kind of people, they're, they're, they're really tripping most of the time. It's like, like they're on drugs 24 seven, you know, they're just living in a, in a complete world that doesn't exist in the, in the one that we perceive, you know, it's like <clears throat> the idea that Donald Trump is the president of the United States of America or whoever is the prime minister of the United Kingdom. I don't know at the moment. Um, I'm not sure the United Kingdom knows to be perfectly honest. We haven't, we haven't had one for so long, we don't know what they're about anymore. 
Well, here in the U.S., we've had one long enough, and, and for some of us, it's been too long, and for others, it's been not long enough. So, it, you know, it just depends on your perspective, really. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy talking about politics around this. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I like it because it's a way of of helping myself on my own breath training, so to speak, on my own refocusing, reframing, reforming, re-attending re, 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 uh, my attention, so to speak, because yeah. I have a long history of, of getting all wrapped up in politics. And, and this is this kind of thing, this kind of repartee is where I get to practice just making light of it so I can release it and release some more and just say, you know, I, I'm just done with that stuff. I don't need that stuff anymore. It's not a big deal. Let it go. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I can't say I've totally let go of it. I've let go compared to where I was, say, 10 years ago. Oh my God. 10 years ago, I was like, it was like flypaper for me. <laughs> I mean, I was just stuck to it, stuck to it and it wasn't coming off. Now it's like, you know, 1.1% of what it used to be. <laughs> it's a tiny, tiny amount. Still there a little bit. It's like, you know, an annoying fly, but it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah. very much. <laughs> and all that happens for the reason that you just described. Um, I'm not necessarily focusing on breath for me, but just re- refocusing my attention. Refocusing yeah. my attention. And, and by the way, you mentioned step one. I wanted to point out that actually that step one is where people often trip because they forget that it isn't just starting with identifying what you don't want. You actually have to switch it over to what you want. You have to start to make that shift. And, and they get hung up on, but yeah, but I really don't want this thing. <laughs> and I'll say fantastic. Aren't you so glad you now know what you don't want? That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But you see it's incredible value. Do you see how it's expanding you? Oh, it's so amazing. You'll never hate you'll never hate what you don't want ever again. This is life changing stuff, mate. Oh, I love it. That's funny. What, what do they say there? Okay, bro. They they use the word bro over there? Well, oh know. yeah, well that that's been around for yeah, about forty, fifty years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, in, in England it's mate. When I came over here, mate, I'm right. not your mate. What are you talking about, mate? <laughs> <laughs> and I started yep. to realize that it equated to grow in South Africa, and I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, yeah, what made you bring, bring, just, bring that up? I'm, I'm missing a connection here. What made you bring up that that uh, colloquialism? Um, it was it was just something I brought up just now when I said mate because I was trying to I was trying to bring it out in, in into society because a, a lot of people use a lot of words which are very popular and common with them and I find myself more and more wanting to speak the local lingo <clears throat> rather than wanting to um, enforce my old ideas onto anybody you know. <clears throat> So, you know, I, I find songs and new, new singers that the teenagers all love and my 11-year-old and her friends enjoy, um, you know, and I enjoy just staying with the times and moving forward and, and keeping myself, my mind, as flexible as possible and, and playing with it. And uh, mate, mate was one of the big ones that threw me when I came to this country, although it's been around forever. I mean, <laughs> had grow in South Africa, but we hardly used that, really. Um, but... I, I'm finding it with with the sauna group. Mate is very common, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's something that I think most of the world associates with England. I mean, it's also other English speaking countries, but I think it's it's generally associated with England because it has been around there for so long. You, you know, I went to a place that I felt very sick listening to any of the '60s, '70s, '80s music. Oh, really? Where literally, physically, I got sick in my solar plexus. Well, for good reason. There was a lot, a lot of angry, sad, unhappy music there. <laughs> no, I actually realized that I was out of whack more than anything. Well, true. Yeah. Um, now that I'm in a lot more of a aligned position, I can really listen to any music. It doesn't matter how um, discordant it is. It, it actually sometimes the more discordant, the better. <laughs> But really? I, I find, I, uh, I find that it's it's very easy now for me to handle any genre, which is quite amazing for me. I mean, I used to be able to handle the sixties and seventies in the sixties and seventies, and eighties, and I handled them all very well. But it was for the for the last what was it five years? I've had it for about five years, and for the last year now, I've um, I, I can really handle almost any type of music. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not only music. It's when my young daughter is screaming and shouting and asking for something in a whiny voice and all the rest of it. I'm, 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 allowed to, I'm able now to let that flow through me to a degree. And then, of course, I hit the wall and I go, <laughs> but um, I'm getting better and better and better at, at letting their stuff be their stuff. Um, and that's, that, that's a good skill to have because what you're really describing is the skill of being indifferent. That's what I call it. Yeah. It's the, it's the skill of just not, not having any kind of strong feeling that's going to knock me off balance about yeah. X, whatever X is. Any, anything that's going to take you away from your alignment. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, uh. In fact, I'm kind of surprised that none of the teachers actually have used the word indifferent on a regular basis. Cause well, to me, it is. Detachment and indifference is has been used in the spiritual world forever, you know, spiritual love, spiritual detachment, uh, divine. Detachment has, yeah. Yeah. Um, and difference is, is a kind of detachment and yeah. So I'm starting to, to really appreciate that, that side. And some people think, yeah, but if you're so indifferent, you know, how do you actually live in this world anymore? You actually find that you live in it much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're now clear about what you want and you're now manifesting what you want and you're having your experiences and you're moving forward um, because you've able to cut out all the noise because of that yeah. different aspect, because of that detached aspect. Um, and the detached aspect, of course, brings you to the focus of your alignment aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, the, the way I think about that is the indifference helps me to be clear, I'm going to use your word clear because I think it's perfect. Um, it, it uses, it, it enables me to be clear about what I prefer. Yeah. And, and the more that I'm clear about what I prefer, the more opportunities I have to feel indifferent about stuff I'm not preferring. Hmm. Well, I mean, this, this is the great recognition, the great, the, the great awareness that I got from the teachings of Abraham with, with their two-handed stick. Cause, yeah. Because uh, the, I mean, it's not something that's readily apparent the first time you hear about the concept of the two-handed stick, there's the thing in the lack end. But as I kind of played with that for a while and realized that what I had always thought were opposites, which really weren't opposites, they were just two sides of the same coin more than anything else, mm-hmm. um, and that I was spending so much time focusing on the side of the coin that I didn't prefer instead of the side of the coin that I did prefer, and I kept getting all the stuff that I didn't prefer and wondering why, and then I'd get more and more upset about it, I'd get more of it, and I'd wonder why, and then I'd say, this stuff doesn't work. <laughs> but once I fun- finally grasped that the two-handed stick was telling me, just don't give any energy to that stuff. Exactly. Don't. Take away the energy in its face. Yeah. It just vanishes. Yeah. The, uh, the inflated balloon just becomes deflated and falls to the ground, and you never even see it because it will it wastes away. I mean, going back to the political example for a minute, if, you, if you're not a Donald Trump fan, the best thing you can do to get Donald Trump out of your life is to stop paying attention to Donald Trump. Of course. <laughs> Completely. Totally. Almost impossible for those individuals. <laughs> <laughs> you noticed that, did you? <laughs> no, I would never have noticed that. <laughs> uh, it's like bre- Brexit in this country. I mean, people say to me, what do you think of Brexit? I say, bre- bre- breakfast? What, what would you say? <laughs> breakfast, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love my breakfast. Bacon eggs is cool. <laughs> Just don't break any Brexit eggs around me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. But those are the kinds of things that we do get hung up on. And, and um, earlier you were talking about the question of whether stuff is difficult or easy. That's where it seems to be difficult. It, I mean, when you're in the midst of, when you're kind of in the clutch of that, it seems incredibly difficult to switch your mind. But it isn't. But, you know, the the, the answer comes in, understanding the rules to the game of life. And this is the thing that's blown me away. From when I was a young kid at the age of eight, I went to my mom, what is truth, love, and God really about? And she was like, <laughs> like oh, I'm going to have to find out myself, and off I go. You know, why do people come into this world and not really want to understand why they're here? I just, you know, so many people I want to have a conversation with in my past, not anymore, but, uh, you know, they just weren't interested in understanding about life. They just want to live it, which is fair enough. But, you know, just understanding the rules, just, and, and you know, they're so simple. 
I think man has got to the position where religion has made all these things so complicated that they don't even want to look at it anymore, which is fair enough. I understand that. Oh, when you understand yeah, that's, the, that's accurate. When you understand the law of attraction, you understand that it's so damn simple, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is mind-blowingly simple. It is so simple that the only challenge you have is changing your thought process. You create your own reality. Your emotions are your guidance. And mind your own business and focus on what you want and understand that focusing what you don't want is an expansion point. And, and that's it. I mean, literally, there's nothing else you need to know. You need to know how to implement it. You need to understand how to change from where you are to where you're going. But that is all it is. There's nothing else. Nothing. And it's so simple that people just can't believe it, I think. I don't know. They don't want to. They're not even interested. They're not interested, a lot of them. Uh, I think that a part of that is negative experience, experiences with, you know, too much experience of stuff that they don't want, so they feel like they're powerless. Yeah. Some of it is that, uh, like you said, religion, religion kind of, you know, turn them off to the whole subject. They just, want, they just want to stay away from it. Or they're very deeply into religion and they don't want to challenge any of the precepts that they've been taught by their teachers within their religion. Um, it can work either way, really. Um, but, I, always, I always think it's fascinating that the three most don't speak about subjects are the ones we should all be speaking about. (laughs) Which three are those? Well, sex, politics, and religion, you know? Oh, okay. And, you know, John Pell would have amended that. He would have said religion, politics, and the great pumpkin. But other than that, I think we're in agreement here. (laughs) (laughs) But to me, they're the most interesting, fascinating, and enjoyable subjects out there. And (laughs) some of you don't want to talk about them. I have no idea. Um, and if you hurt somebody else's beliefs and feelings, you know, that's really their problem. It's not really mine. It's a tough position to, to, to learn how to get to, but once you get there, it's a great easy position to stay in. It is a very easy position for me to stay in. I will, I will challenge anybody's belief. And that's one of the things I spend most of my time doing. Um, <laughs> challenging the belief so much, but point, pointing out new ones. Um, uh, that they hadn't thought of before and, and just letting them lie. You know, I don't expect mm. them to believe it. I don't need mm. them to believe it, but I like putting them out there and I have great enjoyment in, in sharing new ideas, concepts with people. Uh, I got to ask you because a moment ago we were kind of talking about how people get so attached in politics, political ideas and so forth. And now you're talking about how well you, you love this. You, you think you think we should be talking more about it? And that that well, I can see how that would that would perhaps seem like a contrast. Like oh no, wait a minute, there's you got two different viewpoints going on there. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, it boils down to the two ends of stick. And when you're focusing on sex, a lot of people see immediately things like rape and torture and abuse and all the rest of it. I see. I see spiritual and sexual ecstasy, and, you know, I just see the other side of the stick. I just see incredibleness, beauty, love, compassion, you know, um, on, on, on a level that's unprecedented. But, you know, when, when an individual, given the, the subject's sex, they're going to start thinking in, in an opposite direction a lot of the time. But it, it's really where the focus is. It's nothing else besides that. Same with politics. You know, to me, the thing that's really going in my head about politics is how can we reinvent it completely? That's the only thing that I think about. What would be an ideal position, uh, political ideal? You know, if I wanted to rewrite the rules completely from scratch of what politics could or should be, that that is the only thing that I'm thinking about. And I spend a lot of time thinking about how... Well, it wouldn't be politics anymore, really. No, it kind of wouldn't. It would be more like minding your own business, letting things go, mm-hmm. um, focusing at you, what you want, getting like-minded people to work together. Because politics is really just about trying to get a whole bunch of gang, uh, a whole bunch of people together to gang up on another group of people who aren't behaving the way you want them to behave because you think if they behave a certain way that you want them to behave, you'll be happy. Which, which, <laughs> I, love Abram's comment on, which I love Abram's comment on all that. And they just say, you know, isn't it great that they're all fighting each other? That leaves the world to continue doing its own thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I haven't heard and that I one. That's good. Particularly accurate. Person. That is funny. It's true, though. It's very true. 
Yeah. Interesting thing. Uh, well, I think it was actually um, the book we just finished, Delusions. Isn't that the one where at one point um, Donald Shimoda says to Richard something along the lines of, are, are you telling me that your, your world that you're living in right now was all torn apart because of some major stock market thing that happened? Yeah. Because you no, invest in the stock market, you know? So how could that possibly be affecting you, you know? How is that affecting you flying your, your plane and charging 211 or? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. How's that, how's that affecting you? And, and it doesn't. Not in your world. No. Unless you bring it into your world. And that's exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Do you bring it into your world? Do you bring it into your own life by your own attention? Yeah. Um, and, and that ties into something I wanted to make a point about. I mean, we kind of were making light a little bit about the 14 second, 17 second, all that kind of thing. And um, you were rightfully pointing out how easy it is to make the transition. But I also want to point out that's an average. That's, that's not a hard fixed rule. I mean, it changed in the last 10 years, you know, so it can't be fixed. Well, it changes depending on your alignment. So it's changing for any individual constantly. Mm-hmm. So when you're in alignment, 100%, you can have instant manifestation. Oh, yeah. Which and is when you're out of alignment, you can actually also have fairly instant manifestation, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty unpleasant, actually, when I think about it. And I try not to. <laughs> I try not to go to the stuff that I don't want. <laughs> yeah, so Although, what it's just pointing out is, is, is the amount of attention you spend on wanted or unwanted and the clarity of it and the focusedness of it. If you're really petrified, somebody's going to come and kill you and stab you and blah, 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 vulnerable type feelings. You know, you're really asking for them to happen to you. You're really opening that gap. You're opening the vibration to be a match to somebody. You're really giving it full whack. And you can be so powerful and so clear in that. It can happen quite instantly, you know. Although the, I think this is really the, the advanced point. It, it, it isn't the, it's a reminder that it isn't the thing itself that's making us feel a certain way. It's our response to it. We, we are choosing to respond in a certain way. So you just described a moment ago how, um, it used to be you, you allowed the music of the 60s and 70s to affect your feelings and your thoughts and your, you know, your appreciation and so forth in a very unpleasant way. And, and you got to the point where you couldn't handle it. Now you've gone back and you are enjoying the 60s and 70s music. And the, the reason you're doing that is because you've decided to come at it from a perspective that feels good to you. So that exactly. now all of a sudden you have a different appreciation of the exact same thing. Well, the appreciation goes to this, the, the, the full clarity and understanding, well, that I created this unhappy feeling in my stomach. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anybody else. Right. It wasn't anything else. There was no external influence that created it. It was my thinking that created the aberration to the the era's music. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. nothing else involved. Nothing. Nothing. And then, of course, once I've got to that position, who can change it easily? Me. Because I'm you're the one, actually you're the only one who can. Exactly. Exactly. And that 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 understanding is um, is incredibly empowering. Now, I, I, I this is actually touching on something I want to ask you about. Because this is something I see a lot of, and it's it's something I know personally. I've, I've done it many times myself. Uh, but I think about people who want to use the law of attraction to, in some way, make somebody else behave another way. Ensnare. I like those words. Ensnare. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. They want put you in my web, and I want you to do what I want you to do. You must You're going to be the fault. F- You've got to love me. I'm lovable. <laughs> You're going to be the fly to my spider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and the thing that I want to mention about it is, isn't it interesting how much energy we'll put into that, but we won't put as much energy into just simply changing what it is that we want to focus on. Mm. Do you, do you know do you know what faith's about, Walt? I've never figured out faith. To be perfectly honest, to me that was one of those words that was incomprehensible. So so let me let me try bridge the gap between Abram Hicks and faith, the religion word. Oh, faith! I thought you said faith. F A I T. Oh no no, faith faith. Yeah, I'll throw that word in the dustbin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I haven't worked that one out yet either. <laughs> yeah, faith. Okay, that one I that I have some comprehension of. F A T E. That one I just yeah, right through that one. Um. So faith. Faith is about starting to come to the understanding and the belief that 
which is a thought you think often, that your higher self knows everything that you want. So when you're wanting this individual, your higher self is giving you negative experiences. You're not getting to that person. You're not able to be in their vibrational vicinity because you don't even know that that's what you're not doing. Um, but it knows the right person to send you to. It knows somebody who's a, who's a vibrational match to you now and can send you there instantly. But you're so focused on this other individual. They can't, it's your higher self, you don't, you need to have faith that your higher self really knows where to send you things. And it's, it's a journey getting to trust yourself. It's a journey getting to have faith. It, it, it is quite a journey and that's where we end up with phrases like leave it to your higher power, leave it to the universe. You know, it, it what basically, what people let are really saying, say this thing. What, what, yeah, leave it to God. Yeah, what they're really saying is just let go. Let go of that stuff. Let go of those darn doors. They're just taking you in the wrong direction anyway, so just let go of them. <laughs> well, if we break that down clearer, we're saying let go of the thoughts of what you don't want on that subject. So that's the clarity that you can take with you about letting go, let God. Let go of the thoughts because thoughts are the only thing that manifest anything in your life. Mm-hmm. Those thoughts that are focused in a direction that is stopping you getting what you want. I want a new red car, but I don't have enough money. Those thoughts that are pulling you, pulling that train back from getting to its destination is what the let go is all about. Let go. That let and go is a bit of a challenge when you're in the midst of hanging on. It, it, yeah. it can seem incomprehensible. I remember my first reaction when I first heard that was, where's the button? Where do I push the, where's the button I can push for letting go? I mean, I want to release it, so I have to re- push the release button. Where's the release button? And I couldn't find the release button. It's, it's and, over here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's what I found. <laughs> but even so, I mean, there are still times. There are still times where, you know, I'll get into that out of vibration place, out of, out of alignment place, rather. And, I, I have trouble finding that release, but I know I got to release. How, why can't I release? Because I keep focusing on the same thing I don't want. Yeah, but I, I need to release it. Yeah, but I keep focusing on it. Yeah, but I, it's like this endless circle. <laughs> and well, then finally, the button is over here. It's called the third eye. And you just got to touch the button, man, and it's off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I actually wasn't talking about your thoughts, but you, you, you jumped to that, which is, is perfect because that's actually completely accurate. But I was jo- jokingly pointing about the, the, the concept of the, um, the chakras and the third eye. Um. It, it's funny because the, what I ultimately end up doing to break that spiral is literally what we've talked about, just refocus on what it is that I actually prefer. And it takes a little doing. When you're, when you're in that negative spiral, it takes a little doing, but you can do it. You but can't you know do it. You just have to kind of stick with it. I, I was so, I'm, I'm practicing that. But I couldn't believe it, how unpracticed I am in focusing on what I want. Mm. I mean, I didn't even have any practice. So I, I, I kind of got to that position of belief that I have spent so little of my life focusing on what I want. It's, mm. it, it, it's not a familiar thing. It's not a familiar thing. Oh, I know what it's I don't want. I know what I want. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it sounds so damn simple. But when you've had years of vibrational activity on that subject, uh, it, it's really, um, it, it, it's really, as Abram puts it, it's like a, a car going down a hill at a fast speed. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to get in front of it and just stop it. But if you caught it when, when, when the car was going slowly and you stood in front of it, you'd be able to stop it just with your legs. Um, and that, that's where that saying comes, you know, the difference, the student goes to a master and he says, master, it's easy for you. You're a master and you don't have any problems. And he says, no, no, I have problems too. So the only difference between you and me is I handle them when they're small, mm-hmm. which means I deal with those thoughts about what I don't want when I, when they manifest. And then I turn around, focus on what I want and Bob's your uncle. The, of course, most of the time people bring up the issues when that car is already speeding downhill at 60 miles an hour. So yeah, not, and then they want it to stop instantly. It's not going to happen. Right. 
you know, and they need to appreciate that. And that's where we get the idea that we need to work hard to get to our goals because the speeding car down the hill is not going to stop that easily and quickly. You see, we, we are thinking of stopping the car when Abram says, forget about the car, let it crash and focus on something that you're enjoying. And maybe the first step is make sure you're out of the path of the car and then focus. <laughs> yeah. Open that door, roll out of it and get into exactly. that path that's going in the other direction. <laughs> yeah. Well, doesn't Abraham talk about uh, how it's so much easier to get in front of the car to stop it with your hands when it's only yeah. going at you know, half a mile an hour as opposed to 60? Yeah. If it's yeah. going 60, don't even try. Get out exactly. of the way. <laughs> you know, Abram says a lot of people say, you know, uh, I'm, I'm busy being murdered or whatever. And what do I do? He says, well, do the best you can at the time, but you must understand that you're in that position because of previous thoughts. And you can only do what you can in that position at that time. Nothing else you can do. You'll just handle it the best you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, then, you know, once you understand the law of attraction, understand what we're talking about, then you can start taking control of focusing more on what you want, less on what you don't want. And therefore, you're not likely to ever land up in that situation again because You've now got a force field of good, uh, positive expectations all around you, which is the best, most powerful force field you could ever have. Nothing can penetrate it if you keep that focus. And that's really the core answer to the the original question. The original question wasn't really a question. It was more of a statement. This stuff doesn't work. Well, it does work, but if you're trying to learn how to apply it, don't wait until the car is going 60 miles per hour. Yeah. Practice a little bit before that, maybe like a lot before that, and and start working on it when it's more benign and and when things are kind of okay and yeah. you, you can be actually applying yourself in a way that's going to produce um, some positive results for you. Um, but don't wait until everything's falling apart before you finally you know say, well, geez, I got to start learning this. <laughs> I mean, you can yeah. if you want to. There are people that clearly there are people who come into this life for expressly that purpose to learn when the car is flying at them at sixty miles an hour. And yeah. I say, well, you know, enjoy the trip. But <laughs> not you know, there's a TV series called The Transporter, and if he was in that fast car, he would thoroughly enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> He would be in the best place ever. <laughs> Better. <laughs> um, so, you know, each of us handle these, these situations differently. Yeah. That is true. That's very true. That's a good way to uh, conclude the conversation. Before we go, I want to make sure I get our messages in. Uh, yeah. First and foremost, make sure you're a subscriber to the podcast because every single day of the week, five days a week, we are doing a, a podcast. Everyone is different. Everyone has different topics. They're all about law of attraction. But the law of attraction, in my view, is about life, which means everything's going to be different every time. And it is. Every Everyone one of my co-hosts is different. It makes it so much fun. So be a subscriber. If you're not yet one, go to LOAToday.net. And you will see right at the top of the page how to become a subscriber. It's really easy. It just walks you right through it. And then when you're done, make sure that you share the fact that this is subscribe and share, letting your friends know about it so that they can also become deliberate creators and they can also get their daily doses of happy. And feel free also to subscribe to us at the same time on YouTube. Um, after you're done subscribing to the podcast, go to YouTube and do a search for LOA Today podcast videos and you'll find us. Just click the subscribe button. Make sure you click the little bell. That way you get notified anytime something new gets posted, including when we're going live online. And that leads to my uh, invitation. You know, feel free to join us when we're uh, recording this. We record this on a live stream. Um, so you, you can actually interact with us if you like to. And we'd love to have people visit us. So thank you to those people who are our regular subscribers. They are growing in number, Louis. They're yeah. growing. They're in yeah, a big I hear way. that week on week you're saying that. That's great. Yeah. yeah, it's really exciting. And so thank you to all of them because without them, we wouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> well, we would. It just wouldn't be actually listened to by anybody, you know. <laughs> But, uh, no, we love every one of those listeners, so thank you very much. And thank you, Louis, for sharing all your insights. You're about welcome. It. Thanks. Thank, thank you. Thank you love chatting to you. And thank I wanted to awesome. thank you to all those, all those listeners for listening and watching, and um, have a great day. Carpe diem. Seize that. Absolutely. Yeah, great way to end it off. Thank you very much. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.